Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, welcome back to another episode of Boiling Point. I'm excited, and I gotta tell you why I'm excited. Because on the phone, we have one of my newest and most amazing friends that I just met in Las Vegas at at the NAB show. Uh, This incredible guy who actually lives in my my very own city of St. John, New Brunswick, and I've never met him before. Have you heard of Gino Dion before? Now I have. Hi, Gino. But we haven't actually met, so I'm looking forward to meeting him as well. And, And I understand you're in Boston right now, Gino? That's correct. That's correct. Uh, you know, we have a uh, our head office is based in Boston, so I spend quite a bit of time down here. Yeah, maybe that's why we haven't met. Probably. <laughs> Greg and I've been in St. John too long. <laughs> well, I've been in St. John for a while too, but I I, I try to uh, to lead a quiet life back home, so uh, I don't stir too much. Smart man. So when I uh, I guess what was it? Uh, you know, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. <laughs> what? what, what, not, what not did, two weeks. About two weeks ago, we went to the NAB show, and, uh, and what is the NAB show for people that don't? Yeah, know? and you, if, if you don't mind, why don't you why don't you give a little introduction to what the NAB show is and how that connects to you in the company that you work with, and then you can introduce uh, what Inuquest is. Definitely. So NAB stands for the National Association of Broadcasters, and really, it's it's a huge trade show. It's the biggest one in North America, where you'll get all of the TV studios like NBC, CNN. ESPN, as well as all of the equipment manufacturers that provide tools or products and by tools and products, I mean like cameras and editing software and production software. And they all come together in Vegas in, you know, one of the biggest trade shows uh, held in North America. There was actually over 100,000 attendees this year, you know, uh, for, for these couple of days there. Uh, so, you know, it's a place where you get to see all the latest technology. You get to see, uh, you know, all your, your customers, all of the studios, the broadcasters all at the same time. Uh, you know, and it makes for a really special and great event. Now, in your quest, you know, the way that we participate in this is we provide products and services uh, that allow for the monitoring of video quality. So what this means is, you know, if you're getting your service from Bell Alliance, your TV service or Rogers or whoever it may be, these service providers will buy our technology to be able to make sure that uh, the video quality uh, is good. So when you're watching the hockey game, it doesn't break up, the audio doesn't you know, block out and, and things like that. You don't get those annoying you know, out-of-service messages. So we are behind the scenes watching the video transmission going straight to your house to make sure that everything is working great. Wow. It is, it is it's so cool because when Gene uh, was telling me about what he does, yeah. <clears throat> Like this, this is a global company. This is a company that is uh, that is has got the, their fingerprint on almost every single broadcaster on earth. Am I am I am I pitching you right? Uh, do you know what? Oh, you, you are. We we are definitely multinational. No, we have offices. Uh, you know, in China, in Germany, in England, in South America. So we're definitely global, and we we cater primarily to what we call tier one and tier twos. So those are the big boys, you know, the AT&T, the Verizon, Swisscom, British Telecom, China Mobile, Reliance in India. 
So, you know, typically our customers are these big service providers. Okay. So well, and okay, be, be, I just want to cut in there and I, I just love uh, how you, you did a good job explaining the importance, uh, you know, of, of, you know, you do not want your, your network to go on the fritz or even have a bump when you're watching a hockey game. So I love the Canadian reference. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to put the Canadian spin on it. So, and I, I think everybody can relate to that. Yeah. So. Oh, totally. Like imagine that, like, you know, the Habs, you know, the other night and all of a sudden, yeah, I lost them. You lose your connection. That would not be good <laughs> no it's, it's not it's actually it's it can be very expensive to service providers and i you know a quick little detour on this one is uh you know I, I won't mention who my wireless carrier was but during the olympics uh, i was driving back from boston to st john and it was the, you know, the men's final and i wanted to watch the game so the moment i crossed the the border i put my phone on the dashboard put on the the tv app that the the provider was uh offering and i could not watch the game no. it just not work and, you know, I, I, I got really annoyed, but what they don't realize is I pay about $1,500 a month for my, my cell phone bill because I travel extensively. On a three-year contract, that's $50,000. The one time I wanted to watch the hockey game, I could not. Unreal. So, you know, I was going to go and cancel my service, and they may think, oh, well, you know, it's just one carrier you know, or, or one customer. But this one customer was going to cost them $50,000 in revenue over the course of the next three years. So the video quality is very important when you, you know, when it comes down to it. Well, and, and, and you know, it's funny when you're describing that. I was actually sitting in uh, Bucktouche, right, in a, yeah. uh, at a hockey tournament with a bunch of fathers watching our kids play hockey. But none of us are watching our kids hockey. We all got our phones. We're watching the gold medal game. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But the kids didn't know that. They had no idea. They thought <laughs> they we were, were filming them. Yeah. Taking pictures but, of them. But, uh, but thankfully, um, my, my network worked. But what was interesting was on that point, is very point is that um, some 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 uh, depending on your carrier some people have were ahead, like I was like five seconds behind everyone you know stuff That's like right. that it was and it was kind of to be honest it's kind of pissing me off because I was like because they you know they're, oh, they're cheering and what, what's happening I mean, maybe it was more like 15 seconds so anyways no this is the, you know watching a hockey game in real time is a very important thing so so, so very cool way to, to frame up what uh, what uh, IneoQuest is, is up to but uh, just as a funny little aside before we got onto uh, the phone with you uh, Gino we, we decided not to talk about uh, references of small New Brunswick villages because Truly, truly, people all around the world are listening to this podcast as we speak. So where the heck is Wellsford, New Brunswick? Where's Bucktooth, New Brunswick? I know, and but I guess what? Up. I screwed it's up. It's okay. Because <laughs> we, can th- this, we can edit this, it out. This legendary guy we're oh. talking to right now comes from one of those small little places. Uh-huh. And the reason I wanted to bring you in uh, to this as, as a guest on this uh, podcast show is because uh, on the first night that we met, you know, you told me a story about uh, a little keynote address that you did to the high school of uh, the small little ca- uh, little village in the northern part of New Brunswick in eastern Canada uh, to encourage them that, you know what, being from a small place does not have to be a crippling experience. It can actually be an advantage. And that's why... We feel that uh, you would have a lot to bring to this podcast because when, when we're talking to startup uh, entrepreneurs and uh, and anybody in general who wants to follow their dream, uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that from around the world that don't don't use the excuse of, oh, we can't do it from here because I want to hear a little bit about your personal journey going from that small little village in the northern part of New Brunswick to being a head engineer in so, you know one of these global companies. global companies that just blow my mind. So over to you, man. 
Well, uh, how much time do you got? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, 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 keep, we're keeping these down to, to half an hour. So uh, right, our, pro- right. our producer, Matt's going to knock on the window when we go too long. So how's that? I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll clean it up and, and give you the Reader's Digest version of it. But but your your starting point was exactly right. And when you know, people have the mindset that if you come from a little place, you can only do little things. And, you know, when I gave my, my keynote, I said, you know what? I saw it as an advantage. You know, growing up, you, you often hear people say, no, we were poor. We didn't know it. No, I was poor and I freaking knew it. You know, I, I hustled, you know, selling raspberries, nuts, you know, everything they had to do to, to get along. And, um, you know, we knew what hard work was. And I never forgot that. And, you know, I always had to fight for every little piece of scrap that I ever got. And that's what got me here today. So, you know, had I been in an Ivy League school or, you know, better off in a big city and things like that, I may not have an appreciation for what hard work can actually bring you. And I probably wouldn't be where I am today. You know, uh, I'm vice president of engineering for a multinational firm. The guys that work for me all have PhDs and masters. You know, I'm asked to go talk at, you know, keynote events for, you know, everywhere in the world. Uh, and I wouldn't be there doing that if it weren't for that small little town of a thousand population. So, you know, from there, I, you know, I went to university, of course, uh, you know, I, and I, I kept on moving and moving and you, you get to a point in your life where you have to make some big decisions, some big changes. And for me, that was uh, moving away from New Brunswick uh, to, to Texas, you know, to be part of a larger company. But I saw it as a temporary thing. I saw it as a stepping stone. And, you know, I knew that if, if I, I put my mind to it, I could get good things out of that. And so I did. And I, I parlayed that experience uh, into something, you know, uh, pretty special. And when I joined the, the Inyoquest, the firm that, uh, that I'm at, uh, myself and the CEO joined on the same day over seven years ago. And we were like employees number 30 or, or 32 or something like that. And today, you know, we're, you know, 150 employees, uh, you know, tens of millions of dollars in, in revenue. And uh, it's really nice. The, the first thing I did when I was in a position was actually move back to New Brunswick because I felt it was important to give back to the community and the people that allow me to, to grow into what I am today. So I'm really proud to be able to bring back some, you know, very uh, high quality jobs, high paying jobs, fun, you know, technology that the people can look forward to. Uh, you know, you surround yourself with people, you know, people, people you trust, uh, and you know, only good can come out of that. And the people I know, the people I trust are the same people that come from these small towns in New Brunswick that have worked hard all their life. And, uh, you know, if, if they believe in me, they know I believe in them and will be there to support them as well. So, uh, you know, in, in the short, that's, uh, that's my story. That's awesome. And what a theme, Dave, too, with some of the other guests that we've talked with. About giving back. About giving back. When yeah. when a certain level of success happens, <clears throat> yes. it's just like you either pocket that success or you give back. And this, yeah. This oh, is- and, and I just wanted to touch on something. I mean, I, so I, I grew up in uh, the Yukon Territory, Gino. Um, Whitehorse, fabulous place. Always, I reference it lots. Um and uh, and and bounced around. Was lived in Vancouver for a while. Came to New Brunswick. I just loved the uh, um, just the, the community and and the people. And you know, and, and it reminds me a lot of the people in the Yukon. So they're both, both kind of remote places in a sense, right? What I'm wondering is, um, you know, and, and I guess the other piece of that is is coming from a, a smaller community, remote community. Um, 
there, there is, a, there is, there can be the attitude around, wow, we're from, you know, here, and they don't, people don't necessarily see it as a strength. What helped you see that as a strength, you know, beyond just, you know, learning about work ethic, but what, what, like, how else can people that are doing really cool stuff and maybe remoter parts of the world can see being where they're from as a strength versus, or yeah, versus a liability? Well, it, it, you know, it's going back to your, to your roots uh, a little bit. And, and for me, you know, nothing was, was ever given. Uh, and I never took no for an answer. If somebody said, well, you can't do that. I, it would just challenge me more to find a way to prove them wrong. So, no, you can call it cocky. I call it confidence. But the reality is that coming from a small, small place, you're always ignored. Uh, you know, you're always pushed aside. Uh, and I, I never accepted that. And, you know, I always saw that as a challenge to really be able to push myself and to bring back some, some prestige for, uh, for lack of a better word to, to my community and to, to be able to stand tall. You know, it, it's kind of interesting because when I travel here uh, in the U.S. or anywhere in the world, people say, well, where are you from? The first thing I say, I'm from New Brunswick. I don't say, I'm, you know, I'm from Canada or anything like that. I'm from New Brunswick. And no, a lot of them will say, well, where's that? Well, it's in Canada, but I, I see myself as a New Brunswicker too. You know, when you said the people are caring, you're right. I mean, there's nothing like back home, the, the kitchen parties uh, and all that. It, it is a, it's a different style, it's a different culture. And I like being able to export that uh, that mentality, uh, you know, as far as as, as I, I can take it. Yeah, and you know what? I, you know, also I'm hearing is, uh, and it's just interesting because that really resonates with me. But it's also owning where you're from, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. It's like it's like being, and and when and you can tell when you're proud of it. Like I I love to reference the Yukon because that's a part of who I am, and it's also kind of unique, right? Like a lot of people can say I'm from New York or Toronto or whatever, but not a lot of people can say they're from New Brunswick or from the Yukon. So I, you know, I just think that, and owning it, 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 it is a, it's a differentiator in a sense in terms of who you are. Oh, it, it definitely is. And, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, it's a source of pride. And at the same time, I, I want the people like, like the students that we were talking about in, in my own town, I want them to, to be able to walk out of there with their head tall, knowing that, you know, it can be done because other people have done it before them. Yeah, this is cool. Now, um, something else where I find is really interesting is company corporate culture in Atlantic Canada, where we're from. We've got listeners from all over the world listening to this podcast right now. But where we're from, we all we all come from that same background. Uh, I, I'm sure both uh, bo- both of you would agree with me on that. Where there's a, a heavy community. Uh, value a heavy uh, value of family um, and every and a very strong work ethic. Now, with that, a lot of playfulness comes out of this as well, you know. And I know that the culture at your company up here in New Brunswick is very playful. It's fun. People get up in the morning and they want to go to work. I know this because you told me. <laughs> That's right. I'm not surprised. Now, uh, it, you've got offices all over the world. I'm just curious, not because we're in Atlanta, Canada right now doing this, but um, because we come from one of those unique small areas where people really have to fight for everything that they uh, that they get. Do you find a different corporate culture in uh, in these different places? Because I know what it's like to go out to, to have a drink or two with you uh, to piano bars and have like we are the same type of people. <laughs> you know, are we unique or, you know, I'm just curious from your experience. Well, I, in all honesty, I, I think we are unique. Um it, it, it is a different culture. It is a different environment. 
And it's funny because you get to recognize that if I go out west, people, you know, I'll open doors. People aren't used to that. They look at me weird, like I've done something, you know, I'm going to attack them or rob them or something. Or I go down south and I'll say good morning to uh, some staff, uh, you know, working at the hotel. And they're, they're not used to it. And I, it's, it's weird because they, they seem to think there's an ulterior motive. And I feel compelled to tell them, no, no, I'm just Canadian. You know? and it, <laughs> That's my excuse. <laughs> exactly. And you mentioned the, the piano bar. And I told you once we walked into that place, we would own it because we were Canadian. And we did. I mean, they cheered us on for the rest of the night. But, but yeah, it, it, we, we are from a unique culture. And, and I think it's important to export it. Are, are, we, are we allowed to tell a story? Just like a little bit of it? <laughs> no, Greg, it's power to you. It, it was an amazing time. We, we had some great friends with us. So anything you want to share, I'm okay, okay with it. Okay, well, listen, this, this is how it goes, uh, Dave. Just to set, set the uh, the picture. I, went, I go to NAB. And uh, like he mentioned earlier, NAB is a, truly the technology show for my industry, for the broadcast world. Um, I don't know many people in that space because I'm a content uh, creator, but I'm a, I'm a gear geek, so that's why I was there. We go down and a bunch of New Brunswickers get together, okay? And a bunch of New Brunswickers who I don't even know existed, people like Gino, uh, who are, have these amazing businesses, and Gino brings us together and essentially throws us a, a really nice meal and, uh, you know, uh, connects with the sponsors, with the COA and, and, and the great people at, uh, the, at the province of New Brunswick to give us a good time because he's been at this conference for years. Mm. So he's, he's, he's a veteran and he opened his arms and he, t- he took us out for some good times. One of those places was a piano bar. Mm-hmm. A dueling piano bar, I two two play. pianos uh, fighting against each other, uh, and it was the coolest night. But what Gino did was he said, "Guys, we're going to go in there and we're going to own this place because we're from New Brunswick," and we did thanks to the leadership of this guy here. But he was so maritime, like yeah. he comes in and you know buying drinks for people we don't know, and uh, you know just getting the people going, you know. And I was like, "That is a New Brunswicker I want on our podcast because." He is so representative of this of this culture, well, you know. Yeah, well, and, and you, know, you know, so maybe I could segue that into a question for Gino, which is like, you clearly figured out how to set yourself apart at the piano bar. How do you do it in business? How do you like? What are some tips you would give to listeners on on setting yourself apart? Dif- being, I, being I, I love that question, and for me. Uh, you know, I don't have an Ivy League degree on the walls. I don't have all these things. So the one thing that I could always give my customers, my business partners was my word. So standing behind what you do. And let me give you an example. Uh, You know, when I started here seven years ago, the first series of products that I started shipping out, I would put in my business card, but I would put my home phone number as my personal cell phone on it. And I was shipping this to like the, the biggest service providers in the world, the Rogers, the Time Warners, the Comcast, you know, the biggest companies. And I would put my home phone number on it. And I said, you know what? It doesn't matter if it's two o'clock in the afternoon, two o'clock in the morning, a holiday, Christmas, whatever it is, I stand behind what I shipped. And, you know, it, integrity and loyalty and, you know, doing what you say and saying what you do are, are, are the, the biggest thing. You, you know, in the end, there's only your word. And, you know, I, I'd say a good 80% of my business is based on that relationship and trust with those service providers. That's cool. What a neat idea. Putting your home phone number. But it's just keeping it personal, isn't it? And vulnerable as well. Like, uh, it's, it's like, hey, I welcome to my world. If you need to disturb me at three in the morning, I am there for you because that's what I've sold you. I think that's, yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's great advice, you know. 
And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. so outside of all this uh, is, um, I just want to know what the future is because you've got this really cool team growing here in my part of the world. Um, and I've got a sense that you're going to be here for the long term. What do you see down the road to, for you and some some of some of your own uh, entrepreneurial pursuits and even your team as as they grow and conquer the world? Well, uh, you know, I, I do intend on growing uh, the St. John team uh, as well. Uh, you know, there's an amazing talent pool that I think you know does not rec- get recognized nearly enough. You know, it, it is in our area, but outside of New Brunswick or Canada, I don't think people get to appreciate really what what is capable to come out uh, of New Brunswick. So again, continuing to export that, and I, I don't just mean in your quest, but I mean exporting uh, our culture, our capabilities, our talent, our heritage. Uh, for me personally, uh, you know, I, I love what I do. Uh, I, I have a great deal of loyalty and respect for, you know, the, the people that I brought on board. So whatever happens, I'm gonna make sure to take care of them. Uh, I'm not sure what the future holds. Uh, you know, I, I do have a lot of great ideas that I'd like to be able to, you know, take on in I don't know five, ten years from now. Uh, who knows? I may even end up in politics one day if if I can keep some skeletons out of my closet long enough. But, uh, <laughs> well, gonna... don't get me hanging out with you. Jeez, <laughs> I'm the guy with the camera. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, exactly. But uh, but I, I'm not sure. Uh, I enjoy doing what I'm doing now, and uh, you know, it's it's keeping me uh, very busy. So I haven't had much time to uh, to look forward. But whatever it is, uh, I know I'm going to have fun doing it. That's that's great. So so uh, as a, and as a, kind of a wrap up to this. <clears throat> um, so that let's let's say there's some there's someone with a, a great idea sitting in a part of the this province or a part of this country or or, or this continent that that they're feeling like they're a bit isolated um, and they want to get out there. What advice would you give them? Come see me. Okay. Send me an email. Uh, you know what? I, I'm always available. I and I've helped a lot of other people. You know, I again, I, I I'm usually a a pretty quiet, low-key type, so I'm not, you know, the, the Jerry Ponds of the world or anything like that, and I, I love Jerry, and it's amazing what he's doing, but at the same time, you know, uh, I, I connect easily with people, as Greg mentioned, and I'm always willing to help out uh, fellow Maritimers on, on whatever it is that, you know, they want to do, so uh, there's nothing like putting your uh, your money where your mouth is, so if, if anybody needs anything, uh, you know, I, I'm always available uh, for for any advice or coaching or or anything that's great and and uh, Gina, is, is there any uh, uh twitter or any social media or website or anything that you want to pr- us to promote for you no actually just you know you can just put my email address and uh that's it i like i said i'm low-key you you know you'll find me on linkedin but you won't find me on facebook or match.com or eHarmony or anything like that <laughs> that's awesome man listen it, 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 it falls in line with exactly who you are and uh, I had a ball hanging out with you in Vegas and I, I can't wait to do it again sometime soon have a great time in Boston and uh, I, I think I owe you uh, a beer when you get back so make sure you ping me and, and invite me sure and, and Dave's coming too <laughs> excellent I look forward to it guys okay thanks a lot Gina. Thanks, take care you. bro take care bye bye Yet another cool uh, conversation. This guy, like, he's such a a perfect New Brunswicker. Yeah. You know, like w- when you meet him, just unassuming. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's almost like that that uh, the big teddy bear that's just taking you know that's hugging everybody. <laughs> you know, and uh, it was just so cool when you go to those trade missions or the the big industry events. The the friendships that you can actually 
make that actually a lot of them can actually turn into business, really great business relationships. Uh, that whole idea of people doing business with people they like. Right. Um, that's what happens when you put yourself out there and go to these type of events. And he was just so cool to open it up, uh, you know, open up his uh, his evenings and say, hey, guys, come with us. Come with me. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you uh, the town. I'm gonna introduce you to people, and you know I like that. I, I get inspired by that type of uh, that type of person. Well, and it just you know as you listen to him, it's it's almost like that's the way this guy operates. You know what I mean at a very foundational level. Yeah, exactly. And so and and the proof's in the pudding, right? And like he so he he says email me, and yet you certainly think that there's um, you know that 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 he he's he'll be good on that. You know, and the idea of and that's a really good um lesson or I guess maybe not even a reminder that's probably a good thing I gotta I'd like to start doing more is how do I make the service more personal how do you you know beyond and that's like like so we deliver coaching services I'm not always delivering the service I've actually I'm I'm delivering it less and less mm. how do I how do I reach out to those customers and thank them and and um, you know like he was talking about putting his personal card out and I just like that whole concept of making it personal and it sounds like that's um, that really is derived from being a small town guy yeah and of course then the other thing uh is, of course, the whole reason why we went to call him is if you come from a small, isolated area, like Mickey McDonald in our last episode, yeah. um, you know, he, he grew up on that small island off Newfoundland. Great things are at your doorstep as much as they are if you were brought up in New York or Toronto. You just have to open your eyes. And I think that's kind of what Gina was trying to tell those high school students mm-hmm. and tell me is, uh, you know, use... The value of coming from those places, which is great culture, mm-hmm. great work work ethic, mm-hmm. great connection, mm-hmm. great uh, you know personal interpersonal skills, because mm-hmm. you come from a small community, mm-hmm. and use that to your advantage. You know, if you, it, it, so many times I go to the big city and you see all these people living beside each other in these big towers, huge concentration of humanity. Nobody knows each other across the hallway, even in these apartment buildings. So when you're brought up for 15, 18 years in that environment, you're not necessarily being taught to connect with people on a personal level. Your neighbors opening the door for somebody. Like he said, people look at him strange when, when he says good morning to a waitress. Yeah. You know, like, but you know what, uh, quick story about that? Uh, I literally, when I came, when I arrived in New Brunswick... So I, I was in Vancouver. I arrived here. I come I come from a small community, as I mentioned, right? And I lived in played hockey in Saskatchewan. Um, I, I had to, and then so in, in Vancouver, you're like you know it's a larger concentration of people. It's a little busier. It's a very friendly city, uh, but you you start to forget the importance of saying hello. And I I distinctly remember getting into St. John, New Brunswick, and having to remind myself like it's okay when someone's saying hi, just say hi back. You know what I mean? Like it almost was. I almost had lost it and had to rediscover it. You know, rediscover it. Was, Isn't yeah. that cool? Oh, yeah. No, and I distinctly remember it. And then and even my business partner saying, Dave, you know, make sure you're saying hi to people. Like, it, it looks rude. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, of course. I mean, this is who I am. So, what? you know, how did I lose that? So, But Gino never lost that. So, oh, yeah. that's, that's really cool. Uh, another quick, quick little story I'd like to share is uh, quite a few years ago, I lived in the Caribbean. I lived. Uh, I was based out of St. Martin, the island, uh, yeah. the French, yeah, the French yeah. side. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, I used to take public transit everywhere, of course, um, and the public transit there would be one of those fifteen passenger, fifteen person passenger bus, or maybe twenty five. You know, not large buses, but uh, you know, just to go from town to town. And every time you go in, it would make a stop. Somebody would walk in, and the whole bus would say good morning to the person coming in. Strangers, all strangers. Wow. Good morning, good morning, or good afternoon. It was for me. It was it was shocking to the wow. point where. 
I realized I have to start doing it too. Right. right? So it's the same type of thing. So I learned a lot from that culture is it's good morning. You're, you're blessing people by saying, have a good day, you know, yeah. and uh, such simple old school uh, philosophy of communication and of greeting people and respecting people. Um, yeah, I think it was a great topic. That was that was a really good interview. Um, yeah, it's yeah. very real, very authentic guy, and uh, and and I see all the you know there's a lot of parallels between what he was talking about, what Dino was talking about, who we we interviewed just a little while ago, um, Mickey. You know, I mean, there's there, yeah, you see a lot of uh, themes emerging. So very cool. Thank you, man. So the next two interviews are people. Well, now you know one of the people, yeah. um, but they're ones that I'm bringing forward. Yeah. So uh, so I'll I'll get that rolling. And and man, we're just learning a whole bunch from from people doing very cool things. And one of the reminder about why are we doing this in the first place is. Because, you know, Dave, you and I are friends, and I admire all the people that you are connected with. Like, I, I read your articles, and you're touching base with so many iconic people that I'd like to get to know, right? And through my career as a filmmaker, I've been able to, to make connections with some really cool people, too, that I need you to know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's why this, this Blowing Point podcast is so cool is... It's almost like we're introducing each other to each other's friends yeah. in a way yeah, and, yeah. and being able to pick their brain. And well, and so, and a story for later is the fabulous story about um, when I was doing that coaching TV show yeah. and the producer. Oh, very so cool. So we'll use this as a teaser. Okay. For, uh, I mean, but just the, the connection there and <laughs> when I'm listening to the, anyways. Well, Everybody's we'll, connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but it's, it's, a, it's a fabulous story about the, the, our communities uh, intersecting um, and you've probably forgotten the story. In a global all. way. Yeah. No, I remember that story. Uh, and yeah, let's find the appropriate time, time to bring that up. All right. I love it. Okay. Till next time. See you, buddy. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep that pot boiling. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.